Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Adventures in Dialogue. This episode or conversation is with Ruth LaRue. She's an emerging artist who is currently based between Tahoe and the Bay Area. And in this conversation, we get into some more of the commercial aspects of creating art and also sort of the discipline of treating it like a job. One of the things that I didn't realize as as we were recording, and it sort of came up for me later, but it definitely is a conversation that challenged me personally to sort of speak so frankly about art as a commercial pursuit. You know, I tend to want to grab onto these more subtle, you know, deeper meanings of things. And it just wasn't going to happen with this conversation. Ruth kept it all light and very straightforward. And um, I actually really appreciate that. It shows how, you know, deliberate and intentional you can be about creating art and turning it into a business. So I definitely felt um, that there was a lot of great takeaways for anybody out there interested in sort of pursuing their own art career or art hobby. If you want to pursue it as something, as an occupation, um, there is that need to sort of think through the commercial viability of the work. So Ruth is definitely seasoned in that area and comes from an advertising background, worked in the startup environment in San Francisco for a little while before having her art picked up by Serena and Lily, which is an online design house uh, based here also in the Bay Area. Not only that, I love Ruth's work and I'm excited to see where her career goes. As always, thank you for listening. Ruth, how do you say your last name? LaRue. LaRue. So Ruth, you are from South Africa originally. Is that, that's right? That is correct. Yes. So you came to San Francisco. What year was it? I think it'll be nine years ago in August. Um, And we kind of moved around quite a lot, um, trying to kind of figure out where we belonged in the Bay Area. And I don't know if we figured that out yet. (laughs) I think it's interesting because, you know, San Francisco changes so often. And I I feel like it's a city that reinvents itself every decade or so in a major way. I think, you know, around, let's just say 2013, that seems like a time when the tech uh, industry, as we know, it was kind of, it's in its, a bit of its heyday in San Francisco, not to say that that hasn't you know, completely ended or anything, but I think there's definitely obviously a lot of changes with COVID and allowing people to be in different locations and work remotely. It's given the city a chance to kind of um, reset in, in a, in one sense. And then on the other hand, I think it's in this interesting place where it could potentially take on a bit of a creative renaissance and start to let creative people back into the city or, who knows what, you know, the next era of San Francisco will be, but I've just, that's just something I've noticed living in this area for a long time is it seems to have these kind of like macro ebbs and flows. Um, And sometimes that, you know, does really involve creative movement. And sometimes it's a bit overshadowed, overshadowed by the tech industry. So I'm just, I'm super curious how you did find your sort of like the beginnings of your creative footing in the Bay Area, um, because from the outside, it just seems like it really clicked into place quickly for you and kind of flourished at, at a pretty rapid pace, which which I'd love to hear more about. 
Well, yes. I mean, from the outside, <laughs> it always looks like people are doing so much better than they are. Um, and, you know, there's definitely quite a lot of strategic things that I've done in terms of my art career that I knew how to do because of yeah. my background in advertising. So that was, you know, super helpful. I often like lament like, oh, if only I'd gone to art school. My dad was an academic and I just kind of always thought that I would pursue something a lot more. I don't know. Yeah, not necessarily academic, but I also always wanted to make money. Mm-hmm. I think that that was like a very kind of, it's a huge antithesis towards like in terms of a true artist, you know, they don't, they, you're not supposed to care about making money. You're supposed to just be propelled to create because you must, you know. And I was definitely not that person. I've always been quite pragmatic, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, in terms of arriving, you know, got involved in this food startup. Oh, I guess this is an important point. It was the first time I realized how hard and how continuously in general Americans work. Whereas I come from a more kind of like European perspective on work, which is very much like, you know, work hard and put your best effort into something. And if you can find something you love doing, great. But like there's also a whole other world outside of your job. And that I kind of very quickly realized was not the theme in San Francisco. It was all like work is everything. And that, yeah, I was not interested in that. Um, Anyway, then I worked for a different startup that was in the interior design space. And that was cool. It was um, female. It was woman-led. And they had a more balanced perspective because they had children. So it was much more of a let's not kill ourselves doing this, but because uh, we all have other lives. So it was a much more enjoyable experience, but the startup folded just before I went on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So then I was kind of stuck at home. My husband was in quite a hectic job in advertising at the time, so he was working quite a lot. And I suddenly found myself at home, very pregnant, and not really knowing what to do. So I, re- I recognized that it was going to be very difficult for me to get a different job at that point. And so I started uh, painting, which is something I did when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, a lot, a lot of when I was in school, but then didn't really draw or paint at all, actually, um, after high school. Yeah, I kind of just started doing that. And then I suppose I've always been a little entrepreneurial. So I put, I took some pictures of stuff I'd created and then I put together a little, a very basic Squarespace website. And I knew that this, basically the stuff that I was painting was stuff that I would have wanted to put in my own house. So, I mean, that is what I did. I mm-hmm. drew a picture and then I bought a cheap frame and then I hung it up. And I, I knew that the stuff that I was making was, would probably appeal to other people as well. Um, my first job was, in, was working at a train forecasting company as a strategist. And I think I've kind of always stayed abreast of what's happening. So I was, I was relatively confident um, that it would perhaps be appealing to others. And then I had a friend who worked for the retail brand, Serena Lily, and I sent a little website I'd created to her and said, um, do you think that Serena and Lily would be interested in selling something like this? Because they, so they, they were one of the founders, Serena is an artist. And so besides furniture and other stuff that they're more well-known for now, I think art was quite a big part of their business at that stage. 
Uh-huh. So she forward, she sent it to them and she, you know, she worked for them. And so that was helpful coming from them rather than a cold call email. And they, the art buyer at the time lived in Sausalito, which is where I lived. And she sent me an email saying, I'd love to pop in and see your studio. And at the time, because I'd only been doing this for a few months, my studio was the table, the dining room table. (laughs) So I was kind of like, "Um, I don't have a studio, but you're more than welcome to swing by my house and I'll put some of the pictures up um, in this room. And so you don't have to, I think I was actually, no, I was painting downstairs in the, we had this kind of little workroom kind of where the laundry was and it was quite dark. And like in retrospect, I don't really know how, I actually created anything cool down there because I had zero natural light. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in this like quite a big space um, that has does have windows and some natural light. Anyway, and so she came by. I met her in person, which made a big difference. So much about all of this stuff has to do with um, meeting people. It's, you know, everything is a human business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it had a lot to do with that. And then I was really lucky because they saw, I sold a lot of my paintings through Serena and Lily, but also I got people because I think at the time, I don't know what they have now, but at the time, I think they had like a a million uniques a month at that time. So a lot of people were seeing my name who wouldn't have otherwise found me. And so through them, I think I got quite a lot of people reaching out to me directly and buying prints because then I started selling prints. I had quite a lot of people reach out to me like that. And it was just very, it was very lucky, but it was also quite quick. You know, it happened quite quickly after I just started painting. And then, yeah, then I I established a licensing deal with them. And that was very fortuitous. And it continues to be fortuitous because I still sell quite a lot of prints with them. Um, So So you're still set up through the Serena and Lily website or... Yeah. 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 And I think people continue to find me through them because I, especially over the summer when we traveled quite a lot, I haven't really been painting that much for quite a few months and things, things quieten down quite quickly. You know, you, you need to be, you really need to be busy creating new opportunities for yourself all the time. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, things die down very quickly. And also everything's kind of on like a three month cycle. So if you're busy, 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 and you're reaching out to people and making new connections, you generally only really see the fruits of that, like three months later. So if you're quite quiet for quite a while, that trickles down and it, you know, it means that you're quite quiet for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's been really helpful to have that licensing deal with Serena and Lily kind of continue um, regardless of where I am in the world because they they print the print and they frame it and they ship directly to the customer. They do everything. So I don't have anything to do with that anymore. Yeah. And so is it the same artwork that you started with with them or do you sort of refresh the body of work like seasonally or how does that work no. in terms of, yeah. No, it's the same. It's the same stuff. I did create it especially for them though. Yeah, I, I kind of... I would say that the Serena and Lily aesthetic is probably a little bit different to what my aesthetic generally is. I definitely Mm -hmm. created work that I knew would work for their customer. I mean, they're very um, coastal cottage. And I would say my work is quite 
different to the rest of the sort of coastal theme. I mean, my work doesn't have anything coastal about it at yeah. all. Um, but I created some floral collage work for them that was very much in, in it was it was in like a, a color palette that I knew would work with their stuff. So I was quite just strategic about it and that was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your shapes, the, the paintings that I've seen of yours, they're definitely more abstract in terms of subject matter, but the, the design behind it and the sort of, you know, balance of the work that you do is, is I think what is super appealing and kind of holds that it's, it's a pretty versatile um, visual experience, I would say. <laughs> it's funny that you use that word versatile because I hear from quite a lot of people and I think that this has quite a lot to do with why I have been able to sell quite a bit of work I suppose in the in the last few years is because um, I think I did you know I have always been quite strategic because I wanted to sell work so that I could carry on doing it because if you don't sell work and you don't make money you don't really get to ca- carry on doing it and I, I knew that I always wanted to make money so that I could carry on doing it. And I think, you know, my print line is quite different to my paintings, my original paintings that I saw. Um, and they are quite, what's the word, universally appealing. I mean, mm. I sell yeah. the dots, for example, the dots prints. I've sold so many of those to so many different types of people. Um, I've sold them to commercial projects they're in hotels and you know very 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 diverse sort of customer so Mm -hmm. that is definitely helpful I can imagine a lot of artists who are way more dedicated to their practice thinking that that's selling out um but to me it's just selling art it's not selling out no I mean I I definitely think that is an interesting conversation too because I you know I think that it is well it's not the same for everybody and the reasons that people create art aren't the same for everybody but I do think that there's has been a mentality in the past of you either have to go the creative route and not worry about Mm -hmm. making money or you have to um, you know, just those two things don't seem to be able to coexist, or at least that's been the traditional line of thinking. But I, I would definitely challenge that, especially in the last few years, and especially within, you know, newer generations coming up in terms of all the tools that are available to kind of find that path if you want to, if you want to make living as a creative, I think it's definitely available. And it's just something that to me seems like has been more of a mental blocker than anything in terms of kind of accepting that that's the way that the world is and then making a decision based on that where if there's a determination to combine creativity and make a living out of it I think there's quite a few options available. Totally Um, and I think we're lucky being in the Bay Area you know like you said potentially and I hope this is true you know there might be more people encouraged to be creative because they can there are more opportunities to sell art where there's money so you know I think an artist and various different creative career paths are also just different ways of being entrepreneurial and if you 
want, you know, if you're going to be opportunistic and take advantage of where you're at, you might have to do some things that are what is considered more commercial, like doing working with interior designers and art artists advisory, art advisory services to do commercial projects. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I, whenever I have conversations with art advisory services, they often, you know, they can always kind of tentatively ask me like, well, you know, would you be interested in doing something like this or having your work up in a, in a lobby of a hotel or Google office? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes to all of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm interested in all of it. And I mean, for me, I think that's been so advantageous having my background in advertising because working in advertising is fucking hard and it's, you know, you feel guilty. And if you're helping to contribute towards manipulating people to buy shit they don't want. But at the same time, you also learn to like roll up your sleeves and do something that might not feel like it's exactly what you want to do, which is also, by the way, like commissions. I mean, just an individual coming up to you and saying, I want this, but I want it bigger and I want it in these colors. Like that's just a different a different commercial job in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's also doing something that you might not necessarily exactly want to do at the time. But yeah. if it was something that you were doing on your own and just experimenting and you had no customer or no necessary end goal, except for, you know, working on your own practice, which is what you should be doing all the time anyway, it's hard because you keep on thinking like, it's the point, this isn't even for anybody. No, you know, someone might not even buy this, blah, blah, blah. Whereas when it's a commission and you've already told somebody what the timeline is and you want to stick with that, you're very much forced to do something that you don't want to do quite often. And that's that situation has led many, many times to me creating something that ended up being my favorite thing or doing something totally different that I wouldn't have done on my own. And you always learn something from it. So I love that part of it. But yeah, I can see how a lot of artists who went straight from art school into becoming artists and have maybe a very different idea of what being an artist is would look at it differently. Yeah, I mean, again, I I think it feels like we're in a bit of a different time, regardless of location. I actually don't think that matters a whole, a whole lot in terms of accessibility to audiences and people that are interested in buying artwork. Um, Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. I mean, I, yeah, 100% just from, for example, working on like doing commercial projects or selling prints to commercial projects, I get quite a lot of people reaching out to me because they're looking for something specifically for the Bay Area and the client has requested local artists. There are tons of local artists, but probably not as many as other cities like New York or Chicago or LA, where it's probably a lot more competitive because it's a more nurturing community for artists and also I'm talking about an artist in my sort of category obviously there are artists that are in a different category above me that are flourishing and are selling everywhere around the world but I'm not talking about those types of artists you know I'm talking about emerging artists like myself who Mm -hmm. are able to sell enough work to continue doing it also like for example I did West Coast Craft quite a few times and that was super helpful during the pandemic, you couldn't do that market if you weren't 
based in the Bay Area either. And that really, I mean, I sold so much work through doing that market and I definitely got more visibility that I wouldn't have gotten. Yeah, I think it does matter actually. Um, okay. Just just in in the little in my own example, and that as soon as I left the Bay Area, I just wasn't selling as much. I just didn't sell as much art as yeah. I did before. I even mean, though, I was even though you even though you had your digital presence. Yeah, well, my digital presence is really just for my prints. I don't really have as much of a digital presence for my paintings um I sold my paintings in a a design store um just down the road from my house in Oakland and I sold a lot of paintings through them as well and again it was just all about being a local artist you know and that narrative that I know really helps um if someone likes something and they're like this is pretty and then they hear oh she's a local artist she lives just up the road like that really cinches the deal for a lot of first-time art buyers I think Mm -hmm. So no, I actually really think that the local part of it um, made a huge difference. And then, you know, through your community that you build with other fellow artists, like they really help you out with other opportunities too. And yeah, I think it's really important to to have that. And when you're hot-footing it all over the place like we have, it's very hard to build a community. And human connection is very important. Like I said, like at the end of the day, I think a lot of a lot of everything um it just comes down to to humans and people might choose you over another artist just because they like you i mean that definitely happens it's not a hundred percent just what you see i think art is so personal especially you know maybe if it's like an 80 dollar print that doesn't really matter um but if you're buying even just a $2,000 painting like that, you know, that's the price range that my paintings are in. And that is very much an entry level for the type of buyer that you see in the Bay area. Whereas $2,000 might be a shitload of money for somebody in North Carolina who can choose between like this person who's been doing it for 25 years and is a way better artist than I am the artwork it's almost like it's this thing it's an it's literally an aesthetic if the person doesn't like it you know they glance at it very quickly and they're like eh, that's not my style then cool they're not gonna buy it but if they do like it but then they kind of mm, okay this two thousand dollars this is not something that we just quickly buy or if they know if they like the look of it literally like just the superficial element um, and then they're like the story behind it. I think when those two things come together, you're way more likely to sell more art. And I think people really do appreciate this local, the local story. And they like to know that this person is nearby. I mean, there's another narrative as well where the person is far away and that's cool too. Um, but maybe, you know, I don't know. I think it's, I think, yeah, I think there's being... something to the location and the um, sort of that personal connection, whether you, you know, meet an artist or an art fair or through the local community, it's there, there's something, there's an element there that's appealing, it sounds like. Yeah. And I mean, it's just one story, right? There could be another story that is more interesting than being an, a local artist. But I do think that that has definitely helped me. Yeah, I 
I definitely won't venture to comment on the pricing and economics of, of art for sure. Um, I'm curious too what you think about just sort of, you know, the East Bay versus San Francisco in terms of creative community. And you mentioned you're you're able to find some more community now. And I'm curious, you know, what that experience is like or what your observations are. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely just personal. I don't know if I can comment on what the landscape is in general. Um, I'm always surprised when I reach out to an artist and it'll often, this is often how I land up making friends with people is literally finding someone on Instagram. I mean, we all love to hate social media, but at the same time, like there is no doubt that it has helped um, create community for sure, especially during the pandemic. But many times I've like reached out to total strangers. I mean, like, love your art. See you in Oakland as well. Would you love to, you know, would you like to grab a coffee or whatever? And sometimes that's 100% ignored. And other times um, people are totally receptive and then kind of slowly but surely you just introduce another one and another one and then you've got like a little crew. But I'm always surprised by, you know, it's again this perception, like you see those artists in turn, you only see um, or you only know about them before you get to know them, what you see on Instagram and you see like events and openings and blah, 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 and you're like, oh, they're obviously tapped into this whole world that I'm not tapped into yet. Like can't wait until I'm a part of it. And then they're like, thanks so much for like reaching out. You know, I don't really know that many other artists and you're like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all in the same boat. <laughs> you know, it's like, there aren't really any people that are just, well, I'm sure they are. And that's a whole nother world like of gallery represented artists that are way more careerist in, in terms of their art practice. And I've been doing it for much longer than me and my art friends. Um, but, you know, for us, I think, yeah, it's just, it's the same as, as anything else in real life where it's like, it's just about making new friends, which can be hard mm-hmm. um, as an adult. And um but so important yeah so we meet once a month and two of well two of us it's just a small little group of four people two of us are in the bay area i suppose i still consider myself in the bay area now two of the other artists are in la who i've met in person because we did an art show together quite a few years ago mm-hmm. and yes i mean setting up things like that super super helpful and just knowing that you actually, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, like you know more than you think or you don't know as much as, you don't know a lot and nor does anyone else. <laughs> that's probably a better so, way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's always helpful to get in a room with people even if it's online. But are you guys talking more, you know, business type stuff or are you talking more uh, artwork and, and like creative technique or does it kind of run the gamut? Yeah, all of the above. So we we are very um, open about sharing resources and very pragmatic things like how much did that cost and how much did you mark it up and how much did you sell it for? Um, things like that that like I I never really understood. Like the the one that's the other advantage of coming from 
um, the startup scene is that I found in San Francisco anyway, that people were really helpful in terms of sharing information. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was quite a culture that I think was previously created, but it was that whole like coffee culture thing, right? Where it was like, hey, do you want to grab a coffee? In my experience anyway, it was like a very transactional, like people were really open to it. I mean, I had meetings with people that really probably didn't have time to meet with me and everyone was quite good at sharing information. And I think coming from that, I was like, well, fuck, we should have the same thing in the art world. And because even if you're open about like materials that you've used and like, oh, I'm dealing with imposter syndrome, like I need emotional support, like all of that stuff is fine. But like at the end of the day, as an artist, again, like you're an individual entrepreneur, business owner, like you also need to know what's fucking normal. Like I spent 20 hours working on this painting. How am I going to recuperate those costs? How do licensing deals work? Blah, 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 blah. You know, what's normal to charge for something like this? Like the frame got damaged in the, in the mail. I need to be like customer support. So you really need to have a group. Um, It's so important. I guess it's interesting to talk so much about the business side because there are a lot of people that want to try to put their work out in the world and find new ways to do that. And I agree, like community ties are such a great way to just learn how other people are doing things. And surprisingly, that's, you know, I think, I think you're right. Like the Bay area does present that culture um, and it becomes a little bit second nature, but I think it's a newer mentality for more established industries, particularly like fine art, things like that, where some of the veils were the things that kept the art world sort of interesting mm-hmm. and and together yeah. in earlier times and just it's just not like that anymore like the contemporary totally. scene is very people oriented and kind of all of that attitude feels very counterintuitive to what people are after these days and I think it's just having direct contact with the creative experience and the and the artist kind of like what we were talking about before yeah, so I'm, I'm sure that there's definitely a lot more established artists out there who've been doing this for a lot longer who don't want to share their secrets at all. You know, mm-hmm. I think, again, like my community, um, and it's, you know, it's very small. And like I said, I mean, literally, I've only kind of become friends with other artists in the last, like, two years. And I think, yeah, I mean, we've actually discussed this before, like, we're so used to being like, hey, what did you, what kind of paper did you paint that on? And someone being so receptive that every now and again, we do run into situations where we reach out to somebody way more established on Instagram or whatever and say like, oh, hey, well, how did you do that? And they're like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you. And you're like, huh? <laughs> well, this is a surprise. <laughs> yeah. And it always is a bit of a surprise. You're like, I don't get it though you're yeah. a woman I'm a woman like isn't that enough for us to just collaborate and it's funny you know through all this, this it isn't intentional at all but through all this sort of creating um this community I don't have I have zero um male artist friends it's mm-hmm. <laughs> all women mm-hmm. yeah the other thing I wanted to ask you about is just more your technique and sort of where you where you do get your inspiration from how you you know, create your work and like how that process starts. How do you stare down the, the blank canvas and find an idea that resonates for you? 
Yeah, I don't know that either, actually. Um, I think that the, I think it's a bit of a, maybe a, a misconception that, that art needs to come from this position of being, of feeling inspired. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm hearing the, like, the montage there's like music and then this paint is just like furiously like painting and painting through the night (laughs) you're just you're taking advantage of this great moment of inspiration and um that's certainly not how it works for me um I remember reading something I don't know where it was but I mean it's kind of a common thought now I suppose but and I don't know what the exact quote is, but it's like inspiration follows action. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd almost say most days I don't actually feel like going into the studio and painting. Um, I definitely go through like patches where I'm super amped and I'm like jumping to like get in there. I have another job and I have a child. So like I have a lot of other things that I have to do and you know, while I'm doing them, I'm often just thinking like, fuck, I just want to be in the studio. And that's great. But there's also many, many, many times when I also just don't fucking feel like it, but Mm -hmm. it is also a job and I have to do it. So I, since I kind of took on that way of thinking, it, it really helped a lot. Um, If I really don't feel like going into the studio, I just say, um, okay, just go in there for all you have to do is 30 minutes of drawing or painting or whatever. Um, and if you don't feel like doing it after that, then, then just stop because this was a lot of other shit that needs to get done as part of this whole business. There's lots of emails that need to get sent out. You have to reach out to random strangers all the time to find new opportunities for yourself. There's admin stuff that needs to happen too, right? So yeah. If you don't feel like painting, there's a whole other job that needs to get done too. So there are other things you can do. And there are definitely moments where I have painted because I forced myself to do it and I didn't want to, and I've actually fucked something up. And then I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. not only have I not produced anything good, but I've actually ruined something that was potentially good. Um, so you can't force it a hundred percent necessarily, but just like anything else, like I kind of sometimes I think of painting like exercise where I'm like, I know I have to do it but I might not want to do it. But once you get into it, um, you kind of forget about it. And after you finish it, you always feel better. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, all the usual things as well. Like I'm a huge absorber of other content out there. I love going to other exhibitions and museums. And, you know, I do spend quite a lot of time on Instagram scrolling. I get super excited when I see something that I just love. And that definitely makes me feel emotions. I don't know if it's necessarily inspiration, but it's something like that. But <laughs> it, but it sounds like it. <laughs> but but well, it's tricky, you know, because like excitement, inspiration, all these things are like very energetic emotions that also like get the adrenal gland go- going, which also strips you of energy. So. So it's like a bit of a balance, right? Like sometimes you do your best work when you're actually feeling um, almost, almost what would be, could be construed as uninspired. You're just calm and you're just, mm-hmm. you're like, well, whatever, I'm just going to go into the studio because that's what I do on yeah. Thursday afternoons. And then you're like, well, I'm just kind of casually, calmly doing whatever. And it, it works. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 
it's definitely a discipline, you know, it's yes. not as like exciting as a lot of people think where they're like, Oh my God, you know, you're just struck by lightning and then you just have to create. It's like, no, I didn't really want to do that, but I had to because it's like, so I've decided it's my job. So, yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. I, I have a similar feeling about writing where it's, I know there's something I want to say, but I don't, it's like, I'm not going to be able to say it unless I force myself to sit down in front of the computer and probably type for a long time with a lot of words, not really, or a lot of sentences, not really, you know, I mean, they're making sense to a point, but it's not something I would put out in the world because it's, it hasn't gone through a couple of rounds of refinement and things like that, but that's not, but just walking around and having an idea in my head is not helping, you know? So I have to like put my feet in the fire and like sit down and, you know, do the discipline, things like that. And then usually if I just get through that first part of just like writing, like free writing on the other side of that, it'll start to take shape into something. Yeah. And it's amazing how, how quickly you can get out of that practice and then how much harder it is. Like, like I said, again, over the summer, we were traveling. We thought we were going to move to LA. So we were in LA. We came to Tahoe first for a month and we we're in LA for six, six weeks. And we came back to Tahoe. We we're in one house and we moved into a different place. I mean, we were just moving the yeah. whole summer, basically. And so I didn't get to paint for what ended up being like three months. And when I finally kind of set up my studio space here, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm only actually finding now after probably almost three months again of like trying almost every day but not every day yeah um to just paint or draw or do something that I'm only now like kind of starting to get into the groove again whereas before we left um Oakland you know I'd really gotten into a groove where I'd been in the same house for like two years and I'd I had a tiny little studio um off the garage but I'd like painted it bright white. So everything was nice and clean. And it's amazing how your environment really contributes towards your practice. And you kind of need to get into a practice. It's, it's every day. Um, it's repetition. It's yeah. I can't think of a better thing to compare it to than exercise. Like Mm -hmm. you get unfit. Yeah. (laughs) And then it takes you a while to get back into it. It's not just this innate thing that's within you where you're like, Oh, I can just quickly whip something up and it's going to be fucking rad. It's like, "Mm, no, you're probably going to do a few things that really suck. And then once you practice again and you practice more and more, then you get better and better. But Yeah. yeah, I mean, every, like I'll paint three things and maybe one of them will work. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I make that I that I don't like. Yeah. And so do you jump right into painting or do you draw first as like a, a warm up or as a as a way to start your paintings? Yeah, I don't do a lot of drawing, actually. Um, sometimes I'll do some sketching for the more kind of minimalist stuff. Um but yeah, that's not generally how I um, started painting. I mean, I have quite a few different sort of series and they're all quite different. So it depends on, on what it is. But for example, for my um, landscape paintings that I've been doing for the last few years, um, that the first layer is a very expressive 
background and that mm-hmm. is kind of that moment where you could see the montage where it, I am probably listening to music and I'm trying to get into a state of flow, although unfortunately flow is something that is very difficult for me to get into, but it's the ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not that many rules. It's quite hard to fuck up that layer. In fact, I find like the more ugly that background layer is, the better the picture looks in the end. So I'm kind of creating a landscape, but I don't really know what it looks like yet in that yeah. lands- in that landscape, that background. Um, so that's just like paint splatters, lots of different um, types of brush marks, whatever it might be. Those are acrylic paints on canvas. And then I take a white pen and then I draw the outline of the landscape. And then, uh, and then I have hours and hours and hours ahead of me of line drawing Mm -hmm. and that part of it once the outline has been drawn and I just have to fill in all those lines um that can be very tedious work and I mean it's literally it can hurt my hand yeah (laughs) it's it's just it can go on forever so that part that part of the process is very different to the expressive layer which can be super fun um and but I still enjoy it I can get into it's quite med it can be quite meditative Uh um until it starts hurting my hand and then I have to um take a break so I generally work on probably like I don't know I probably have about five or five to seven paintings that I'm working on at the same time yeah um unfortunately I'm not a very focused human I'm very easily distracted and I have to do quite a lot of different things Mm -hmm. um at one time to not get bored I'm very very envious of people who are able to sit with one thing um, for weeks and months and some artists even work on the same painting for years. I could never do that. Um, but yeah, the, those, that, that then the, the sort of studio scenarios changes where I go from like really cool emo music to like a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's all business at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. So you kind of just move around between different stages of where your paintings are, depending on your mood, it sounds like. And and also how much time I have available. Yeah, you know, totally. like if if my kid is like at home and he's watching a movie and I know I've got like an hour and 40 minutes, there's no I can't get in stuck into something where the paint is going to dry and that's not really going to work for that small amount of time. So then I need to do something Then I can do line drawing for an hour and 40 minutes and I can just leave it and take, you know, come back to it. Um, so I always have things in the studio. That's the other thing that also is kind of like a crafty little trick if, if to sort of trick motivation is to always um, finish the day um, with something that is working and mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're doing. You leave it at a good place so that yeah. tomorrow morning when you need to go back to the studio, you're like, okay, cool. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm continuing with that thing. As opposed to being like, oh, I'm on a good run. I'm just going to keep on doing this until I'm finished. It's like, actually, depending on your own situation, like stop doing that now and then come back to it tomorrow. Because otherwise tomorrow is so much harder because you're like, oh, fuck, I finished that thing. And now I have to start something new. It's quite a, it's a, a more difficult way to start the day. So I try and um, leave something while while it's working. And then in the morning, if I don't feel like painting, I'm like, okay, well, I just need to finish that thing. And then once you finish that thing, you've 
you've already been doing it for, even if it's just 30 minutes, you feel um, able to start something new and you mm-hmm. just feel more kind of um, empowered. That's a cheesy word, but yeah. Yeah. No, I like the little, the small wins or sort of the small accomplishments feels like a, a good structure. So awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, anything else that you would want to share about just your process or, um, kind of where you get your ideas, that kind of thing, or just in general? Um, yeah, well, I mean, another big thing for me has always been, and this is what 90% of artists who do the kind of botanical or anything that lends itself to be nature oriented art will say is that it all kind of starts with mother earth and just spending as much time outdoors as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily where I get my ideas or inspiration from. It's not like I'm hiking in the mountains and I see a rock and then I go home and I paint that rock. Yeah. It's more the rhythm of hiking and being actually almost in a place where there isn't a lot of stimulus mm-hmm. that allows the ideas that I probably already have to germinate. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, do you take a sketchbook with you when you're kind of out and about at all? No, it's no. Yeah. I, I've never actually done that. And, and that's what everyone, I, I feel like everyone always thinks that that's kind of the pattern is that I'm hiking in the outdoors. Cause if, like I've seen in a few different places, like if there's a write-up about my process, it always involves a hike and those, that story kind of gets changed as other people kind of edit it and gets to a point where like you're reading it and you're like, really, is that me? Like, who the fuck is this person? I had a sketchbook. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not really, um, yeah, I always remember the ideas that I have, um, even if I don't necessarily work on them straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, I never have the need to kind of jot it down right there but also I don't really want to ruin the experience like I like just being out in nature and not having stuff um and just walking and then when I get into the studio I guess I just have this trust that those ideas are going to come back but sometimes I'll I'll write I'll jot down like a very basic very basic sketch but I mean, to a point where like if someone else is paging through that book and they don't understand that I'm literally, instead of writing the idea down, I'm drawing an outline, like they would maybe page through it and be like, wow, Ruth's really bad at art. (laughs) (laughs) This looks terrible. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not really an outline of the painting I'm going to make. It's literally me writing notes, but in a visual way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, so good to catch up and just hear about sort of um, your process and because you've been, you know, when did you first start working or I guess how old is Henry is the question. He's five. So it has been about five years. It's been almost six years that I've been painting now, which um, seems much longer than it has. But yeah, Yeah, it's totally it's still, you know, it's not a full-time thing yet. Um, I think it will be sometime soon. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like, I almost kind of feel like what I'm doing up until that point is more practice. Um, yeah. 
And then once I do this full time, I feel like that will be the beginning of like, how long have you been doing this for? I've been doing it for two months, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is but- not true. Obviously, I've been doing it for six years. But for some other reason in my head, I just have this sort of idea of like, once I start working full time as an artist, that will be when I really get going. Yeah. And do you think that location has something to do with it in terms of, you know, I know you're in Tahoe for the time being, and do you see yourself staying there? Or do you see yourself coming back to a city where there, where you are able to plug in a little bit more? Yeah, that is the question of the day right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but quite a lot of it also is dependent on Tommy's job and where that's going to end up because he's working remotely right now, but his company is in Chicago. So mm, um, that, that dream is not going to, that dream's not going to go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you would ever go to LA? I, yeah, very easily. I could very easily live in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I or would almost say that San Francisco, I'd almost rather be in LA than San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah certainly a more supportive creative community it seems like at least in terms of um like commercial work and stuff like that yeah and you know I just I really like to have fun and I just think that LA is just a more fun town than San Francisco to me I know every place that you go to you create your own world and you create your own community and it is what you created to be you know mostly but LA there's there's a fun vibe, you know, people, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. it's, it's more focused on the entertainment industry and escapism. And that's just more where, where my head is at. Yeah. LA has a, it does have a lightness about, about it that is um, fun to get into. And um, it's California. I'm just so curious about sort of how it's going to develop with so many people leaving and, you know, but also still a lot of people here and just, post-COVID, I just really am excited and hopeful that it's a, it's a big creative time. So, but yeah, lots of culture in California, no matter where you are. Yeah. You sound like you're feeling a little optimistic. (laughs) I am. Absolutely. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I definitely have like, you know, California is just, it's, it is what it is, right? It's a huge mix of all kinds of influences and things happening sometimes that feels like a totally wild place to be and kind of ungrounding, but then, you know, there's definitely ways to alter that experience and find footing. Like, I mean, Northern California obviously has a huge access to nature that I don't think Southern California has as much, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's just kind of appreciating California for all its like wild ways and yeah, trying to balance that out as much as possible with, with going other places too and checking it out. So awesome. Well, cool. thank you so much for yeah. um, taking the time and uh, of course, well, I, I want to catch up with you again, you know, once you're back out doing your art fairs and stuff like that. Oh, one other question I had for you, um, which we don't have to go into because we're over time, but I was just curious too, just how, you know, how your body of work is like progressing or developing and stuff like that. Or do you, does that happen naturally? Or is that something that you are interested in kind of like exploring new styles of art? Uh, all the time. I 
I don't like I was talking to my <clears throat> I was talking to my art group about this other day like I, I don't understand I see the advantages in sticking to one um series like for example Instagram really rewards um consistency so mm -hmm. you'll see people with like thousands and thousands of followers who are doing a very similar thing but just literally in a different color palette or a different size or slightly slightly different and I still feel very much that I am a very very new artist and I am I feel like I'm experimenting all the time I mean I you know I have a few things that I have repeated over the years um but I'm always trying to figure out new stuff um and sometimes it's organic and you make a mistake and it turns out to be a great mistake and so you carry on down that path but like For example, right now I'm working on a new plant series, which was a mistake. Actually, it was a commission that I was doing for mm -hmm. somebody and it was what, in, what I ended up with. I mean, they wanted this like very green, like neutrally, like all different color greens, like very serene plant scene. And I don't know what the fuck happened in the studio, but I ended up with this like kaleidoscopic, like mushroom trip, like luminous <laughs> pink and yellow. And I was like, what the fuck happened here? This is not what they wanted. Did you have a brownie before you went into the studio? <laughs> I, was, I didn't. I've tried that and it doesn't help at all. Like all I want to do when I'm high is like have a nap or watch bad TV. So that unfortunately doesn't work for me but yeah. yeah I was laughing that it was so hilarious how completely differently this thing ended up so I landed up creating another one for them in the the color scheme that they wanted just so that I could say like okay here's the one I made for you I know it's not what you wanted at all but here's the other one I made so you know this is more in in, in tune with what you wanted but they ended up loving the thing that was completely different to what they were expecting so that was great but it landed up like taking me into a whole into a different direction and I'm working more on that and it's very much like a conscious like this is what I want to produce I want to have this plant series of at least like five larger scale paintings that are mm -hmm. kind of combo it's very much like a mixed media with collage and it's It's not three-dimensional at all. I mean, it's, um, but because it's collage, there's definitely texture to it. Um, and this is, I feel like this is one of the first times that I'm working on something where I'm trying quite hard to create something that's maybe not happening very intuitively. Um, and it's been quite difficult, actually. I've been quite kind of surprised by how hard it's been, just because I created two. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've made many paintings, but I've just done one. And then I've never been able to recreate it again. But I always feel like if I've done two, then I've kind of proven to myself that I can carry on in that style. And yeah, yeah it's just been quite hard. Um, so it's not quite working yet, but you just have to pretend that it's a commission and it's for someone and that you have to finish it and um, keep, kind of keep plodding at it. And then at the same time, I suppose that's how I like nurture my ego though is I'll be always creating other little things on the side that I know I can do so that at least I'm like, I have these small wins. Like you said, you know, I'm like, okay, let me just do a little landscape on the side. Like I know 
I'll always sell the landscapes and people love them and I do enjoy making them. It doesn't make me very excited anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But at least like if I can make something that I'm like, okay, cool. I could definitely sell this. So at least I've got something (laughs) that came out of this week. Yeah. Yeah. Working on something hard, like it can get a bit taxing and you kind of need to make sure that um, you keep the spirit up. Um, Well, and I know you said that you don't, you know, not super engaged in the NFT conversation, but do you think that you would ever be interested in putting your work out in a digital format? Yeah, I've had um, a lot of people ask me about that, but I don't know how to do anything digitally. I don't even know how to use Photoshop. Um, Putting together a reel on Instagram is like difficult for me. And um, it's weird. It's like, a, I mean, I've worked in tech, you know, for like the last 10 plus years. It's not like I don't know how to figure stuff out, but I think maybe it's because of that and the fact that I have another job as well where I'm plugged into my computer that when I'm creating art, I kind of want to have it be quite separate. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's my time to do create like real stuff and have well, a tactile environment. And I could be, this could be showing my sort of like gaps of knowledge in, in NFTs, but I can't, are you allowed to just take a photo of it and turn that into an NFT? I mean, you can definitely also create like many images and give it to somebody else to like create a video for you. But mm-hmm. um, I, when I say I don't know anything about NFTs, I literally don't know anything about NFTs. I, so. <laughs> I know the bare minimum. So this conversation is not going to get very far, but yeah, I was just no, curious more about nowhere. the distribution path um, <laughs> in terms of like, just as you know, as an artist, if that's something that's appealing to you, or if it's kind of like, you know, it sounds like it's a little separate from kind of what you're interested in at this moment. I mean, I don't, I am interested in so many different things and I, I, I just don't see myself really ever like definitively closing any doors on any avenue. So yeah you know, who the fuck knows, I might make something one day that someone else is like, shit, this would be, this would work really well as an NFT. And I'd be like, cool, if you want to turn that, this thing I made into that thing that you just said, I'm interested in talking about it. Um, yeah. And I did have an idea that I was working with someone actually on creating just like a little video. And, but the problem is like time is a huge resource, a limited resource right now. And there's so many different things that I want to do. And I'm very, very prone to distraction yeah. that I have to, re- I, it's really hard for me to focus on working on one thing. And every day I kind of have to remind myself like, okay, we're just trying to do a plant series right now. We just need three 30 by 40 pictures that you feel happy with. Um, and I have to kind of remind myself of that every day because I'm always trying to do something else. And then I'm like, oh, look at this raw piece of canvas. I haven't done anything with yet. Let me just spend the whole afternoon doing that. And I'm just staring at this plant picture that's not working. And I'm like, fuck, I need to get this thing. I need to get back to this thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to keep the distractions to the minimum. Yeah. And like NFTs are just like a whole other thing that I'm like, I don't even have the time to like look into it and see what it's all about so yeah it's just not not on the radar right now yeah 
Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, again, I really, it's been great catching up with you, Ruth. And um, yeah, I look forward to kind of following along with, with what's next for you in art and, and just where you end up. Cool. Well, it was great chatting to you too. And thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. And I'll, uh, we'll talk soon.